Hey, I'm Jesse. Our devotion plan has taken us to chapter 10. Funny thing about chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, chapters 10 through 13, it's possible actually are the severe letter. It could be that 2 Corinthians, as we call it, is a letter that ends at the end of chapter 9, and chapter 10 is the beginning of what Paul referred to as the severe letter earlier in the book. Now, it doesn't matter all that much. Just maybe as a Bible nerd, I'm curious to know, did Erasmus and his team in the Catholic Church when compiling books just lump these two together under one title at the councils of Nicaea? Did they just kind of stick them together and, and call it 2 Corinthians? I don't know, but you can feel an ending point at the end of chapter nine. Listen to this. Here's chapter nine, verse 14. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's the end of chapter nine. And then in chapter 10, Paul almost kind of introduces himself again. It's almost like an opening salutation. Now I, Paul, myself, appeal to you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So it could be that he opens up another letter in, in chapter 10, and we just call it chapter 10. Remember the chapter numbers and the verses, those aren't divinely inspired. That's just our reference system. So if you're a Bible nerd like me, I figure you might dig that, that it's possible this actually is the severe letter. It's chapter 10, verse one. You'll notice as well that chapters 10 through 13 take on a different tone. That's another reason why uh, the more I study it, the more I think that this could be the severe letter. Chapters one through nine have been so sweet, haven't they? I mean, in, in 1 Corinthians, like he was going down this morbid punch list of egregious sins in the church of Corinth. And even when he was confronting these sins, he was gracious, but the, the grace of 2 Corinthians is just unsurpassed. Like we've never seen such an affectionate side of Paul before. We get to know Paul as a man better in this letter than ever before. But then chapters 10 through 13, he gets very severe again, and he's dealing with his critics Here's chapter 10, verse one. Now I, Paul, myself, appeal to you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble among you in person, but bold toward you when absent. We'll talk about what he just did there. That was sarcastic. I beg you that when I am present, I will not need to be bold with the confidence by which I plan to challenge certain people who think we are behaving according to the flesh. So later in the text, you're gonna see that Paul is calling out his critics. It's been said of him, and in, in, in this very chapter actually, chapter 10, verse 10, for it is said, his letters are weighty and powerful, but his physical presence is weak, and his public speaking amounts to nothing. They're saying that his letters are heavy, but when you actually meet the guy, ah, he's a weakling. And so he's introducing himself that way. <laughs> he's like, hey, it's me, Paul, the guy who is humble among you in person, but bold when absent. Paul is having a little bit of fun. He's also making a point. And I think that it applies quite directly in our context. In fact, I think it applies more to the world since the aughts, you know, the mid 2000s, uh, than it did any decade prior because of social media because of the internet really and its growth and its prevalence in our lives and the way that we communicate. If you're a keyboard warrior and you're really bold behind a keyboard, but you wouldn't dare speak that way face to face with someone, then you're directly in the crosshairs of what Paul is mocking right now. And he's hoping that he doesn't have to be bold with certain people. 
He's hoping that he doesn't have to come back to Corinth and crack some skulls. They've said this about Paul. Paul's leaning into it and he's like, you're about to find out <laughs> if I'm in fact not so bold in person. He's, he's leaning into the insult and I think that a takeaway from the opening verses of chapter 10 where things are about to get more severe actually uh, apply pretty directly here. If you wouldn't say it to someone's face, don't write it on a keyboard. If you are afraid of getting misinterpreted through the written word, then don't use the written word as a medium of communication. Instead, opt for a phone call, opt for video conferencing. That's never been easier. We all learned how to Zoom. Those of us who didn't know now know <laughs> because of COVID. So use the tools that are at your disposal. Actually, I received a very, very, I mean like hatefully critical Facebook message. By the way, I'm sorry, if you're my Facebook friend and you sent me a message and I haven't caught up with you, it's because I just, I have not been able to keep up with those messages for the last like decade. But one of them popped up on my phone as a headline. I got a snippet of it just enough to see some really like hateful words. And so I clicked on it because I'm an idiot. And then I read the thing and then I video called the guy. <laughs> and then he immediately was like very apologetic about all of it. Cause it's totally different when you actually see the face that you just insulted. It's very different. It's very, very different. And so if you're, if you're one like me who, man, uh, Dude, you know, words just, words just hurt you, you know? Like I'm a, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit overly sensitive sometimes, I guess. But it helps when I can just video call somebody, when I can talk to them face to face. Um, if, you have to, if you have to make up an alias to write what you're gonna write, if you have to cover your tracks with anonymity, go before the Lord and confess that nonsense right now. Put your name on everything you say. Be willing to stand by it. No more anonymity, no more cloak and dagger, especially among Christians. We already have enough work to do as it is. So would you go before the Lord? In light of Paul calling this kind of behavior out in the church of Corinth, let's not continue it in our own online context. Let's go before God. Lord, I wanna pray on behalf of anybody who just feels convicted in light of what Paul is calling out. That we can be really brave behind the keyboard, but suddenly we're apologetic and meek when face to face. Would you take the chasm that exists between our online writing and our in-person speech and would you, would you restore our integrity, God, so we can be the same person online that we are in real life? Would you give us the strength to make peace with those whom we've hurt through our harshly written words? God, would you forgive us for being frauds in this regard? Would you, starting with the Christian community, Restore integrity in the innermost self so that we as Christians would stop throwing darts at each other over the stupid internet and instead speak face to God-created face with one another and the Holy Spirit and shared love and unity because our mission is immense. We've inherited the ministry of reconciliation. So forgive us, God, for attacking each other with our stupid keyboards. Let us be reconciled to you. Let us be reconciled to one another. And let us invite then the lost world into this ministry of reconciliation with full integrity, having reconciled with one another. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.